Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Today, we're talking about sex and technology. It's the 21st century, and many of us don't go anywhere without our phones, our pads, and myriad wearables to connect us to the internet. What used to be confined to behind closed doors, sex has now entered a new open world, or sort of open, on the internet. We no longer rely on dating services that make introductions face-to-face. We choose partners on the internet, often because we discover them in special interest groups that cater to our individual sexualities. When people have sexual difficulties, they also turn to the internet as the first place for information. But what are the ethics in this brave new world? And how can we encourage people to connect intimately by using all of this technology? Today, I'm joined by Kate Moyle and Marta Plaza. Kate Moyle is a qualified psychosexual therapist working with couples and individuals to help them get to a place of sexual health, happiness, and well-being. She believes in offering her clients a confidential and taboo-free space where they can address their sexual issues and concerns and create a path to change that is right for them as individuals. After completing a BSc degree in psychology, Kate went on to complete her postgraduate diploma in psychosexual therapy and a three-year MA in relationship therapy. She is also the co-developer of the Pillow Play app. This app helps couples to get creative with intimacy. Marta's been involved with tech since she left college and a couple years ago joined to build Desire, a game for couples. The Desire game can be as romantic as you want or as spicy as you want, depending on your mood and what you like in that moment. The game uses gamification to spice up the relationship and bring couples closer, creating great memories between them. Desire has currently a half million downloads through iPhone and Android, and the couples enjoy daring each other. Welcome to the show. Hi. So, Thank you. My first question really is, how do you think we can use this technology to really increase intimacy? And I'll ask you to to talk a little bit about the apps and games that you two have developed separately, because I've only given like a tiny, teeny snapshot. Um, Yeah, I mean, should I start? Sure. (laughs) Um, So I think, I mean, we're both kind of tackling the same problem with different products, I suppose, in terms of this space. So at... Pillow Play, we're trying to use technology to bring couples together. So the idea was that people spend so much time with their technology, these intimate relationships they have with their phone, which can be arguably the most intimate relationship. You take your phone to the bathroom with you, to bed with you, you wake up next to it, you're with it all day. If you're without it, you feel lost. 
So we really felt that we wanted to help it bring people together in a way that it currently felt like it was interrupting. Mm -hmm. So that technology was getting in the way of intimacy slightly. So how could we help it create intimacy and and bring couples together in a way that meant that they were focusing on each other, but still using intimacy as a tool for doing that. Um, so we have a series of follow along audio guided, sensual and playful episodes for couples that promote intimacy in ways that are about eye contact, about touch, about communication and about spending quality time together, um, which I think Marta, you know, desire is trying to yeah. do in just a slightly different way. Yeah, um, the goal is the same to, to to get couples closer and to get them more connected um, and more intimate and, and to have, like Kay was saying this, to find those quality moments together. Um, and what we wanted was like to, like today we are very connected to the phone. So what we wanted is to really enjoy your time with your partner. So even the, even it, even though it's an app, um, the game is a real game, so it happens offline. Mm-hmm. So a desire, you dare your partner to do something, and then if your partner accepts and, and you guys do it, then your partner um, gets the points. So the actual dare itself happens in real life. So I dare my partner like to prepare like a very sensual massage or to... I know something more spicy, like to do something quick in the elevator, or but those are real moments that happen in real life. And then what we did is we gamified that in in an online game. So so the points, the levels, everything it's online. Um, but the real moment with your partner, it's very touchy, it's very real. So it happens. It's not virtual. It, it's something that is happening in real. So. So essentially what you're doing is that you're using the tools in the virtual world in order to encourage real life experience, both of you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I did, um, I was a guest on a, a podcast, um, the fantasy dating game podcast, um, in January, November. I can't even remember when it was actually. It was just after the election in America, so it was in November. And what they did was they kind of developed this dating game based on like fantasy football, where with fantasy football people would choose their teams and and see put together these fantasy teams and and have them compete and see who won and got many points. And it got people energized and doing things. And I remember asking them, why did you do this? And they said because what they would hear from people was all these reasons why they wouldn't date. So they would talk about wanting to date. They would talk about wanting to find the guy or find the gal that they could spend time with. But they would never, they'd complain and bitch and moan and do things online, but they'd never go out and do it. So it had that dare element to it. I dare you to date. And if you go out on dates, you get certain points and you get to rate the dates and stuff. But ultimately what they were looking to do was get people actually physically interacting again. Um, yeah. So presumably, the reason that you've done this is because in your experience, you see that people are spending less time, quality time together and more time involved in the virtual world. I don't know if it's even just the virtual world, but more that we just are constantly 
living with a third person, which is technology. There's always someone else there. It's a constant presence in our lives and is always there, always ringing. We're always interrupted. We barely have time without it. And so more that it's a factor that takes over, well, really all of our lives, not just our intimate relationships and our couple relationships, but has an impact kind of worldwide in terms of our relationships with each other and with family and friends not always for the bad you know things like mm. Skype FaceTime WhatsApp can connect people all around the world it would be a very different place without technology but just that there is the idea that some of the impact could be quite invisible and that has an has a a change on relationships without us really realizing because it's become such a part of life so quickly I think that's a really important statement is that is that a change that people don't realize I mean, certainly for me, had Skype not existed, I wouldn't be married to the person I'm married to now because we were long distance. He was in L.A. and I was in London and we were long distance for five years. And without Skype, yeah, every day we were on Skype. And that was our way of making sure we could see each other to connect. And the telephone wasn't the same. So, you know, I I love technology. At the same time, I can't remember the first time I took a phone into the bathroom with me. (laughs) <laughs> but I remember I remember thinking afterwards, what the hell was I thinking? You know, that idea that there's no you know, that's such a private place. And the idea that yeah. I couldn't put the phone down, you know, I had to carry it into the bathroom with me, which was not something that I would do. And I think because I'm older um, and I remember when these things just weren't available. I mean, I remember there were no answer phones. So if you miss somebody's call. The only way you knew was if they told you later. They said, I called you before. <laughs> right there. Where, you know, where were you? I, I tried reaching you. I couldn't reach you. Where were you? There wasn't even call waiting. I mean, if you were on the phone with one person, you got a busy signal. If you, yeah. you know, somebody else tried to call, there was no breaking in. And, you know, and the idea that, that technology, as you say, has, has kind of just become so quickly really essential to every part of life. It's something I think that we don't realize the impact. I mean, I remember having conversations with people. I would never have thought to answer a telephone in the middle of a conversation. Hmm. I think think that's the thing about the constant interruption hmm. is how often do you sit in a restaurant and watch that everyone has their phones next to them on the table? Yeah. It's, you know, people don't feel like they can be without them for an hour when they I, I want to say that um, I don't think that technology is like something bad. I, I see like something, it's a tool that we can use for good or for bad. So we are more used to use it for bad. So like for interruption, like we, we don't really manage to have a proper relationship with technology because I also think that no one has teach us how to do it. Like it, it has come into our lives so fast and so quickly that we haven't been able to adjust it. Um, but, but I do believe like, as we do, like um, uh, Tripil or Desire, they, like there are a lot of, of, of other brands that they are, they are doing things to actually, or Skype, for example, to bring people closer and, and, and together. So it's just a tool. It's just how you use it that 
makes a huge difference. Like you can use it to completely be a part of the person that you have next to you. Like if you're talking with someone else on your phone and you have someone that you just meet up for a coffee, so you're using technology that. Um, but, but on the other hand, you can use it to enhance, to, to connect more with your partner or to intimate better or like different things. So. so how can we encourage people to use it in the positive way instead of discouraging them? Because I think what we, the tendency is, not necessarily you, but certainly folks like me, the tendency is to say, don't do this, right? Or yeah. don't do that. And, and sure. really it would be better to say, do do this rather than saying yeah. don't do that, right? So do do pick up an app and play a game together instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know, put your phone away. <laughs> yeah. How do we how do we teach people to use it in the positive way? Hmm. That's an interesting question. <laughs> With apps like ours. <laughs> um I think I don't know, it's our relationship with that technology is like our relationship with anything in moderation. It's about knowing the difference between the bad or you know, when you've had too much or too little or the role it plays in your life or being completely reliant on something. I think for me, you know, being someone obviously that works with couples and especially younger couples, it's about not overcompensating for technology for communication and behaviors which are actually better face to face you know things like eye contact and when I say that I don't mean for example over Skype I mean sitting on the sofa next to each other both on different forms of social media so connecting with everyone else that's not in the room but not connecting with the person that you're next to what so I suppose that's that's the angle I come at it from Watching a group of teenagers for me is enlightening. I have a 14, almost 15 year old son and watching a group of teenagers and they do this. They, they get together, they sit down and they text and they social media and they WhatsApp and they play online games. And you can have five of them sitting in the room together and not saying a single word for hours. It's very strange to, to, to someone like me that I look at it like there's no noise, you know, usually no noise about is going on, but it doesn't. It just means they're playing the way that they play. But I think it's really important point. It's, it's sort of getting them to actually say, well, you know, actually there are things that you can do in the room together and ways you can communicate yeah. with each other that will enhance your experience, will enhance your friendship. Yes, because if you're like if you're sitting with four friends and you're talking with someone that is not there, what's the point of meeting up with all these people? I don't. I I, I say like if technology helps you to talk with the people that you have next to you, that was the purpose of that meeting. Um, then go ahead with that. But if you're like going, you you're like positioning yourself in a different place like you're talking with someone that is not there then you're escaping from that situation then I think that that's not like what you want you have to leave real things not like having to escape and go somewhere else so where do you see technology moving towards in the future at the moment we're talking about apps that are facilitating um intimate contact Mm -hmm. by giving people that the app is a focus the game is a focus so we're giving them that as a focus to, to get them to spend 
more of their time focused on each other. But do you have in your mind developments, for example, for couples that have um, sexual problems? I mean, that is a great question. I would love to think that there are going to be developments that obviously help with that. I mean, obviously, the big topic of conversation at the moment is around sex and tech is about kind of uh, virtual reality and kind of sexual robotics and things like that. So that's I mean, that's something kind of very out of my field of expertise. But that that is going to really kind of turn us around a very big corner in terms of the way that people interact or the fact that we don't have to interact with each other. But I think definitely in terms of the products that both Marta and I have created, it's about encouraging people to do things together, but almost that technology can give you permission to try something new or to do something different. And that the more we connect through technology rather than face-to-face, the more difficult communicating with someone face-to-face becomes because it doesn't become the standard. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose it feels like we're, well, our companies are both trying to get back to some of the face-to-face time together. And that has huge benefits for our health as well. We know that eye contact and touch, you know, produce bonding hormones, that they bring couples together, that intimacy is beyond just sex and physical contact. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's about, I would hope in terms of sexual dysfunction that things like our apps help people to reduce anxiety around sex Mm -hmm. or they help to help couples to come together and improve things like foreplay or with take away the pressure to have sex, which means that couples can be playful together and therefore kind of feel closer and more connected, which contributes to a better sex life or intimate life. And I would agree. I mean, I think that that the idea of of giving people that space to be able to play, Mm. which I think often doesn't exist. We don't we don't really learn how to play as adults. We play as kids and then supposedly that (laughs) stops. But it doesn't forget. Yeah. So you give them that space. You make it something that's fun. Decrease the anxiety and increase their ability to, to see the wider view of intimacy, not just the, the, the actual immediate sexual act. Yeah. To create like a space in a moment that is not like just quick because sometimes like we rush all the time and, and it's just, okay, we have sex and that's it. Yes. You know, it's like creating that like, you, you need an evening, a full afternoon to, to, to enjoy and to actually play like when you go play football for example you're there for two hours um for three hours right but um but then when it comes to be intimate with your relationship maybe you you are not dedicating that time to the person that you are in love with so like creating those moments where they can play uh together that that's i think that that's very important i agree and i think sorry go ahead kate no, I was going to say, I think that touch, touches on a really interesting point, which is about how technology has made everything so fast and so quick and almost quite disposable as well, that it's about investing time in relationships and couple relationships. And, you know, Laurie, you were saying earlier when you were Skyping your partner every day, 
you're using technology to invest in that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect example of how it can be incredible for relationships between people. But so often it acts as a distraction that we need a reminder to that relationships take work and take investment and take nurturing and take looking after. And because we have something in our lives which creates so much distraction that it becomes easier to lose sight of that, perhaps a lot easier than it was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, when it wasn't such a constant presence. I agree. And and I think also that, that, they, that people have to actually build up to that evening again, which I think is sad, but yeah. very true, that people need to be encouraged to spend five minutes together focused on each other to start, because often they're not even doing that at the beginning or the end of a day. Um, the number of times I see people in relationships who, you know, the sole amount of focused time is a very quick kiss on the way out the door and not actually mm-hmm. investing in their time within their relationship together. They get home at the end of the day, they're tired, they sit down at the table and they're reading their email or they're doing what they need to do that they haven't done yet during the day. Because also I believe that our work days have in fact expanded as a result of technology, that the expectation is that you will respond immediately when somebody emails you or when somebody um, asks for your attention. And that the idea that you sign off for a weekend is frowned upon in a lot of workspaces, even among self-employed people, you know, it's like you're always on. And I've, I've, you know, I've experienced it personally where I've decided I wasn't going to respond to emails for a weekend because I was going to enjoy what we were doing for the weekend. And Monday morning, the, the, the level of upset and complaint that people hadn't had a response within an hour was amazing mm-hmm. to me. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's not like I didn't realize how often I responded that quickly. So I've, I've set this up. I take responsibility. I've set up that demand characteristic that people can expect mm-hmm. to hear from me very quickly when they, when they write to me, even if it's very late at night or if it's very early in the morning or even if it's in the weekend. And that actually I have to start retraining people to understand that there are times mm. that they won't reach me, which is how it used to yeah. be when you didn't have mobile phones and 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 email on your phone and email on everything that you were looking at. I mean, people just you turned off your phone at the end of the day or you left your office and people couldn't reach you anymore. And that was it. And the irony is. Yeah, the irony is being more available for everyone else means that you're less available for yourself and for, you know, your partner or family, children. It's, it's, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah. And that's the thing that is the problem. It's always a time issue. When people talk about jealousy and things like that, it's, it's rarely about anything other than you only have a certain amount of time. You only have this Mm -hmm. amount of time and you're not giving me this time. Um, And so for me, one of the things that I think is so important to teach kids is actually time management, which many of us as adults have no idea what to do with. But to actually teach kids creative time management so that they understand that they can make those choices. And that's a place Mm -hmm. where technology can come into its own. Mm. And I think that's what both pillow play and desire are trying to do. We're trying to say to people, you can effectively connect, you know, in real life with your partner and have intimate experiences and they don't have to take 
five hours, you can do it in as little as five minutes, or it can take all day if you want. But the whole point is that we're encouraging people to think about it more and to invest in their relationships and be playful with it. I think the, the aim of both apps is that we are trying to encourage people to have fun. Yeah. And to be close and to invest as much of their time as they can in maintaining those relationships. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that both do is like to do it in a fun way because sometimes when you say um when you say someone like you have to invest in your relationship, it's like, oh that's hard work. Right? And and it's not like whatever you want in life, it's gonna be hard. No one is gonna get nothing if you don't work for it. So it's like if you want to succeed in your work, you you have to work hard to do it. If you were to succeed in your relationship, you have to work hard for that. So, But that doesn't mean that it has to be painful. It, it means that you just have to put the time and put the effort on to do that. So, yeah. Perfect. I mean, I think that's one of the things that people don't realize. When you say work, they assume work means pain. You know, but it doesn't yeah. work can be a lot of fun and putting time yeah. into your relationship should be a lot of fun. That should be investing that time and working on that relationship should bring you joy. Otherwise, why yeah. are you in the relationship? Well, yeah. And also a part of being in a relationship is that we all on some level have the want and need to feel special to someone, to feel loved by someone, to feel that we have that connection. And that doesn't come from nothing that comes from shared moments and experiences and commitments and choices and everything that involves being in a relationship it doesn't just kind of ping into existence and there it is no it isn't like you know we the, the disney has a lot to answer for you know it isn't like i mean you know it's just not but we grow up we we raise children on this model you know boom you fall in love and everything's perfect and then you walk off into the sunset at the end of the movie as though it's static right you're happily ever after that's it when in yeah. fact happily ever after means spending time with each other creating shared moments working on your relationship making commitments being there in the good times and the bad times you know all those different things which is about building up ever after ever after is something that moves it's not a static yeah. place um yeah. so yeah no and i and i just love the idea and the thing I one of the things I really like about both of what you guys have been doing is that there's it's a game. It's fun. It's play. It's encouraging play. And yet it is actually very serious for a serious motive. Yeah, absolutely. And often there isn't anything to do that. I mean, I really it's. I wonder if it if it wouldn't be worth kind of looking at now you're you're both looking at people who are already in relationships, but something pre-relationship and sort of getting, I'd love to see something that ha helped people to think through the relationship as they're developing, to think through what they need in a relationship, to kind of address some of the issues that come up in a relationship before they even enter a relationship in a fun way. Um, and yeah. I haven't really seen anything that does that yet. I think, I think it's a big ask at the moment because it's hard enough to get people to look at it when they're in it and to actually spend the time mm. beforehand. Um, it's like everything else. You know, we, we, we react to things. We don't tend to, to be proactive. 
we tend to be reactive. Um, But I mean, it's that sort of thing. Like when I was thinking about the ethics of, of this brave new world, I'm thinking about things like, you know, what does infidelity mean? Right. There's this new thing where people can have an emotional affair. And an emotional affair is where you may have no physical contact with somebody, but you're sharing your most intimate thoughts and feelings with another person and a partner might be upset by that. And that's something that people didn't start talking about until we had the Internet. You know, do we get upset if our partners are talking to other people online or playing, you know, doing things like Second Life and IMVU and these sort of virtual life games where they're creating avatars and they're they're having lives with other people online. I mean, how what do you, how do you think we address this in a relationship? I think that um communication is the basis. So like for some couples something might work and might be like it's okay for us that you do that or that I do this. Um, but, and for other couples, that wouldn't work. So I don't want, like, I wouldn't feel good if you share your most intimate things with someone else. Um, but I think that at the end, it's like how you and your partner uh, feel about it and to talk about it and then decide what you want to do. Because every person is different and every couple is different. So I don't think that... Um, there's any other way better than communicating with your partner and talking real talks about what um, you feel about different aspects of the relationship. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's about the rules that people set and the boundaries they set in their own relationships, you know, that it's important that you talk about what is okay and what isn't okay, because we live in a world where technology isn't going anywhere. It is going to be a part of our relationships going forward. It will be a part of our, children's lives and our grandchildren and you know the next generations and it's about understanding where you both stand so the 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 feelings that you both have about different interactions and whether they are different for face-to-face or online or how much you share and where where the those lines are is an important thing for couples to discuss and I think I agree with you. And I think the issue is, is helping couples to start discussing and and communicate more. And again, what I like about both, both of the apps and games that you've created is that you are encouraging more of that communication, more of that direct communication. So you're doing in a fun way. You're not focusing on difficult topics, but the more people are in the habit of communicating with each other, the more able they are to deal with these sorts of things. And I think sometimes technology takes them out of the habit of communicating. So you're using it to bring them back into that habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the first comments that we had on Google Play. um, It was a public comment. So it was that woman that she said, um, my husband is somehow timid in the bedroom. Um, That when you speak to his male ego with the point systems inside the game, I'm kind of the one who benefits from it. So someone that is timid and maybe does not want to do something or does not like doesn't know how to ask for something then through technology there's a way to do that and to to make them closer so that that was like when i read that i was like oh that's perfect that's amazing you know through gaming um 
you get that someone that is more timid in the bathroom um, can connect better with you. So, so that was that was great. Mm, I think the products give people permission to do things differently and to try new things and to make suggestions or be more playful. You know, whatever it is, it's it's a way of introducing something rather than kind of going in blind to the situation. If that makes sense, it, it does, and, and also. Mm. also rather than making it a serious thing right like oh yeah. honey we need to sit down and talk about this because I'm not happy and I you know I want it and that can I mean that is often the way those conversations start and so it gives an alternative to that sort of okay let's play this game and let's see maybe this is a way of mm -hmm. introducing yeah. things um which I think as an avenue can hold major benefits because for some people, just making it a serious conversation is a problem. Yeah. And we also it, know that injecting novelty and fun into relationships, especially ones that are long term, has massive, massive benefits that at the start of relationships, we don't struggle to be playful or to be more out there or to be more fun or more adventurous. But it's as we as we kind of start building more secure connections with our partners and we get into routines and we have to kind of reprioritize the rest of our lives and going to work, commuting, paying the mortgage, getting the kids to school, all of mm -hmm. that, that actually injecting fun into those routines can be really, really great for everyone involved. Yeah. And the other part of that is there's a biochemical aspect to that as well, of course, you know, that um, yep. newness and excitement um, and, surprise are essential to us actually being incredibly aroused and that when that goes it becomes much harder to reach some of those higher peaks it becomes much harder to be as playful and as adventurous because our biochemistry changes and so this is a way once you in inject novelty even the smallest amount you restart all of that yeah kind of rejig rejig the neurochemicals and it makes it much easier for people. Um, yeah, and it creates like a new way to communicate. So we communicate through calling, like we call with our partner, we talk with our partner, um, we face to face. Um, it's just an, a different way that you have to communicate in a playful um, way. So, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's a, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's a, you know, a, a product that helps that adds something different. Brilliant. Can you tell the listeners where they can find your products and where they can find you? Sure. <laughs> so uh, you can find Desire on Google Play and on the App Store. And also our website is www.desire.games. Brilliant. Um, and you can find Pillow Play at www.pillow.io. So the app can be downloaded through the website or also on the app store. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me along. Thanks for joining me this week for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Do write with suggestions for the show. Questions you want answered at drbisbee at theintimacycoach.com. Follow me on Twitter, and it's Dr. Bisbee. 
For a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to www.theintimacycoach.com and click the button that says schedule now. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.